Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. and running. It's Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Let's switch gears and talk a little professional football, shall we? The Carolina Panthers, while they're off to a bad start, we're trying to figure out how to fix it here in Carolina. And I think a guest that's going to help us out on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, he might be that guy to help us out here. Jeff Saturday. How about ESPN NFL analyst? One of the best centers of all time. You can find him on Twitter at Saturday Jeff. Jeff, we really appreciate you hopping on, man. How are you? Doing great. How you guys doing? Yeah, we're doing well, Jeff. Really appreciate the time. And the reason I wanted to have you on is because I was listening to the Dominique Foxworth podcast. You can catch it anywhere you get your pods. And I thought the offensive line and, and position coach conversation you guys were having was interesting. And Foxworth was discussing how one of the only times in his career he had a specific cornerback coach. It's actually among the best years he ever had in the NFL. And then you discussed how technique teaching that to an offensive line actually helps them fine tune their skills even more so than installing a game plan, watching a ton of film. And we're having some offensive line problems here in Carolina, Jeff. Is that the most important thing to do right now? Just to make sure that the starting offensive line members understand technique in order for this to fix itself going forward. Yeah, I think, listen, you, 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 whenever you install, you know, new schemes. So, you know, Frank obviously is new to Carolina. And so, um, you know, they're going to install it their way of, of, of blocking schemes. Um, that changes in the NFL, right? I mean, you have certain guys who want to block it certain different ways. Um, but when you're, when you're talking about how do you come out of uh, or, or, or play better as a unit, I think it always goes back to uh, techniques and fundamentals. And so I, I think that's really what you have to hone in on. Um, the, the O-line coach there, Camp, and I think he's an excellent football coach. I actually had him in Green Bay. But it takes time. And when and here's the other part of that, is when you are getting used to a new quarterback, a new system, uh, receivers getting you, everything is just it, it's a tick slower. It takes time to develop. It takes time to find that rhythm. Um, and this is not like a veteran QB who has had opportunities at, at, you know, at other teams. Now he's coming – it's a guy coming out of college, right? So it's going to take time to figure this thing out. Um, and, and everybody wants to compare rookies, and I get it. And, you know, it's, well, it should have been Stroud, and it's Richardson, and it's, you know, it, and it, that's every year. And I get that's what, what fans like to do. But ultimately, um, it's going to be development of your entire offense, not just one piece or part of it. So they're all going through it with growing pains and, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get better each and every week and they'll find their way to take time. And, and, uh, unfortunately it's been an ugly start and, and 
Whenever you're whenever you're struggling, it's all going to pile on. But I think patience is a virtue in this situation. Well, Jeff, I th- you were in a similar situation, not identical to what's here in Carolina, but you started a couple games in 99, your rookie year, and then you started every game really after that with the Colts as long yeah. as you were healthy. And Peyton Manning was just a year before you. So when you're talking about a young left tackle like Iki Aquanu, who's only in his second That's year, right. here's Bryce Young, his you know rookie season as a QB and a new coach. How how hard is that even for some of the veteran offensive linemen? I mean, it just seems like there's so many different things and different stages of their career overall. And with their specific time here in Carolina, it, how hard is that going to be to fix in the second half of the season after an 0 and 5 start? Yeah, it is difficult, but I think you going back to, first of all, I think going in expectation wise, understanding what this year was going to look like for the Panthers. I would hope people would have been reasonable and going, Hey, what are our expectations? So, as a team, what do we need to improve on? And each group, you know, each individual group. So if it's the O-line, if it's the tight ends, if it's the receivers, the running backs, the quarterback room, all those rooms have to go in and go, okay, what what, what are we as a group going to do to get this thing better? And how do we grow on that? And whether it's, you know, as you pare down the offense, hey, in the run game, we got to get to this. And in the passing game, we got to limit this. And, and so figuring that out, like you said, man, these are young players, and, and they're talented players, and I think they will continue to get better, uh, but it, it, it doesn't just happen overnight. And, and when you – I think the other part is when you're watching is, is when different players at different moments are making mistakes, it looks like the whole thing is bad, and you just – you know, there's no – if it's just one position, you can kind of coach your way around it, right? But when it, it's different groups at diff, different moments making errors, uh, that, that – that's when it snowballs on you. And that's really where they are, man. I mean, but the reality is they're going to get back. They're going to keep working. They're going to keep growing. Um, I, I like their staff. I like their team. I, I didn't have expectations they were going to have a great year this year. I thought they may win three or four games. Um, and I think that, that still could possibly happen as, as they progress in the latter portion of the season. But um, it, it, this is not a team that's built to win yet. And, and they got to put the pieces together and they have to mature, and that's just going to be, you know, it's going to take some time, and, and I think ultimately to get there, but it, um, it's just where they are right now, unfortunately. Jeff Saturday joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Saturday Jeff. And, Jeff, i got to ask you about Iki Aquano when you talk about those young players, and it seems as though he's taken a step back this season from the progress he was on his rookie year. What have you seen when you watch yeah. him? Well, I think part of it again is is when you're when you're managing a new in a new system, you know, he's trying to figure out, okay, so are my eyes out on the slot or are my eyes kicked back inside? And and like I, when I talk about being a tick slow in the NFL, a tick slow means you're giving up a sack or you're giving up pressure, right? So you 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 become you you start catching blocks as opposed to um, you know being forceful with your hands. It's, you're a little bit hesitant. And I do think part of that is a system, right? As you get in, I mean, two systems in two years, and now, you know, you're going into this and you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, you know, where, 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 where is the call to? What's the quarterback? You know, how is he progressing? Where am I progressing? And then now you put on top of it, hey, who, who do I got to go block? I mean, all of those things are difficult. But, but again, I, when and I, and I said this last year, and listen, when I, when I started coaching it in Indy, and the, the the offensive line was much maligned. People were putting them on blast. And even as I coached through, people, they, they, 
this is a this. I knew that offensive line would be good. I'm watching them a year later, and the progression that they're all taking. They are all taking massive steps forward, right? The young players who started and play. It's going to be the same thing, but it it takes time as a unit. They got to gel together. They got to trust what the inside guy is going to do. What is it going to be a slide technique? Is that the back? Is the tight end? Who's helping me and why? Um, and it's not it's not it's not simplified. It's not super easy. It takes some time. Uh, but again, when you're when you're playing and you're a you're a split second late in the NFL, it shows up in droves. And I think that's what I'm seeing. This kid's an athletic freak, man. I think he is going to get there. Um, I, I just think, he, like I like I said, that the the complexity of a new scheme and what they're asking him to do is just going to take time to digest. And then again, if the quarterback holds it, if it, it, it makes him look bad, is it the timing of the quarterback to the receiver? All of those things, but nobody, you know, unless you're cutting tape down and watching it, you know, play by play, nobody really sees that. You know, well, where where should the ball have come out? Was that a three step drop? Is he what's his timing on the five step? And so, you know, tackles get blasted, but the reality is that ball may have should have been gone. And so, he's he, he just going to have to take lumps in the in the press and understand that's just part of the gig. But keep, keep trying to get better as a player. Jeff, what do you think about, too, having a quarterback the size of Bryce Young? Do you feel like that puts – and obviously as an offensive line, I was an offensive lineman myself, did you feel the pressure, obviously, to protect the quarterback? That's part of your job. But when you have a quarterback Bryce Young size, do you feel like that put even more of a microscope on this line to where it makes them kind of – the confidence can waver or they're a little bit more nervous because they have a smaller quarterback? You know, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I know this. For us in Indy, when I was blocking for Manny, you know, you, your job was in the balance, right? You, you don't protect him. You know, like, like uh, you know, Howard Mudd, our offensive line coach, you said, God rest his soul. He'd be like, hey, man, if he's on his back, you're getting a new job. So um, I don't know that there was any more pressure than that because I understood. I don't care how big that dude was. He better not get touched. I mean, you know, the, 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 the measure of a game was – was his jersey clean when he came off? Was there any grass stains? You know, was there anything that happened to Manning? And that was literally how we, how we, you know, valued our our, our game. And so, um, I don't think it's any more pressure based on the size of your QB. I mean, obviously, that the height sometimes can be an issue. You know, balls get batted down, but I think that's another issue. That's not protection necessarily. But man, I can tell you, there wasn't any more pressure than I'd ever felt it. I knew my job. I knew my job was directly linked to me protecting eighteen. Man, that that dude got touched. I wasn't gonna be working long. So <laughs> that's kind of where we drew it as well. Well, and and I feel like a lot of people have gone back to that Peyton Manning rookie season, and they try to compare it to Bryce and say, look. Look what happened with Peyton. He became one of the best QBs of all time. It seems like a little bit of a stretch to me, but there is the example of him throwing close to 30 interceptions his rookie season and then turning it all around. I think mentally yeah. there are some comparisons to be made. Physically, they're very different. Peyton Manning was not anywhere near 5'10". Okay, He was a bigger quarterback. But when you talk about just their mental makeup, do you see some of the similarities there with Bryce Young and Peyton Manning? Well, I, first of all, I love Bryce's. I love his demeanor in the pocket. I mean, I, I think he is. Uh, you know, he's very calm. He, he never feels. It never. He, it never looks like he's overwhelmed, right? Like when he's playing a game. Let me just say this too about Peyton. Like his first year, he had Marshall Falk, who's in the Hall of Fame. His next year, they drafted um, Edron James. He had Marvin Harrison. He had Marcus Pollard and and, and uh, Ken Delgret tied in. You know, he had a good offensive line. You know, a first and second run. He had some pieces in part. So, like Peyton struggled his first year, but he he got a lot of HOFs around him, right? Like 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 
so right now, it's not just about Bryce Young. I mean, right, right, Thielen's played really good, but when you look at their receiver, they have some work to do. I mean, let, mm-hmm. like, we can't act like you're plugging in a kid who, hey, man, you, you know, he's got all these pieces and parts around him. And again, I'm I'm not here to bash the the, the pan. You know, I, I respect the heck out of everybody playing, but but when people compare Peyton, I, I tell people all the time, like. Hey man, he had some really good players around him. Like, like, let's not act like I mean, like Tom Moore, the offensive coordinator, Bill Polin did a good job of saying, "Okay, here's what he is. Here's what we need to surround him with." And did it look ugly his first year? Sure. And then the next year got better. And but but people were critical of Peyton for his first six or seven years about winning different games. And but the, there were guys around him. The Panthers they they are starting from scratch, right? I mean, like you said, you have you have a second year left tackle. That was where Peyton was, and and they gave up a ton of sacks. There for I mean, a ton of he got hit all the time, and that got better the next year when they hired Howard Mudd. So there will be there will be different moves and moments for this football team, but it's not just one guy. Like you're going to have to help him. It, it, there ain't anybody who's just going out there doing it by themselves. So let's not just make it about one guy who's going to come in, you know, the savior complex of one guy can do it. Um, you, you know, the guys around you make, make your job a whole lot easier. And the Panthers got some work to do in that category and they'll get it together, but, but don't expect everything the first year. All right, Jeff, before we get you out of here, we know you love the Tar Heels as a Tar Heel football alum. Uh, do you like what you see from them? And do you feel like they're going to be uh, making the trip to Charlotte for the ACC championship game and maybe more? Oh, I'm liking where there we go. Hey, my man. Hey, my man May, is, he's putting it out there. But how about our defense? Our defense is lighting it up right now. We played the, last one. We played the best I've, I've seen us against like a, a mobile QB. We got Miami coming up. And, you know, they'll be all – They'll be all pissed about what happened and, and give up a game to Georgia Tech. So we got our work cut out. But I am very excited. I, I think these guys are playing with some nastiness, um, and I really do. I, I love what Chizik's doing over on that defensive side, and with May and and and, and you know Tez not being able to play. Like there's just a lot of arrows pointing up. Uh, but we hey we're staying humble and hungry like we ain't done anything yet we're five and oh we we hey, we're, don't, don't try to give us flowers right now I know everybody's trying to bandwagon give us flowers they know we don't do well with compliments we're trying to stay hungry out here um all right Jeff I apologize but I was actually born in Indianapolis my family is texting me right now saying look if you don't get any fun story about Howard Mudd and Tom Moore just straight up football dudes like fantastic names you've referenced them a couple of times during your years with the indianapolis colts can we get a fun howard mudd story from you because i feel like we've heard a lot especially my family up in indianapolis is there anyone that you can share with us here on the airwaves in charlotte uh, there's a lot that howard mudd said to me that, that, that you cannot share <laughs> on the air uh it, yeah, but listen he, he is li- he was literally uh I, I told him he he made my career man he challenged me to do things that i didn't even think i could do myself uh and i would i would tell you this the the, 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 the probably the best story i can give you so i'm going against chester mclaughlin uh oh. early in my career i think it was my my, my rookie or my second year at center and and uh, he's telling me in the meeting room, he's like, "Hey, we're gonna uh, we're gonna fan protect, which means the two guards and tackles are blocking out, and I'm blocking Chester like one on one, all by myself." Like I said, Howard, hold up, we're, we're not gonna slide, but we're not gonna help me. He's like, "Nah, you you're gonna block them." And and 
I was like, I, I don't, I don't know about that either. Saturday, just get your ass kicked with dignity, man. Just pick it up and we'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, uh, he was, he, he told me he was like, hey man, he's gonna get you every now and again, but go get him. And and but that was, you know, Howard was an all decades player, man. He he was a fantastic football player in his own right. He understood the way the game needed to be played. Um, but he and Tom Moore, man, they, these are old school, like mentally tough. Give no ground, um, and I, and I will be honest with you. It made me such so much of a better player. I mean, when he when he expected me to go block guys like that, and I did, it just it bred confidence um, that, that's just unparalleled. And and I think that to me, that's what coaching is all about, right? The schemes and all that are all great, but but Jimmy's and Joe's matter, and getting those players to play uh, above where they expect they can play is really where coaches. Excel. He's a Hall of Famer in my mind, man. Probably the greatest O line coach, if not one of. If he's not the, he is one of the top two or three ever to do it. Uh, and I was fortunate to play for him. No, I love that message. Hey, go out and get your ass kicked every once in a while. Like you were mentioning yeah, that happy. on the podcast. With dignity, baby. Yeah, it, it was a great episode. People, go check it out. The Dominique Foxworth podcast with Jeff Saturday. It was released a couple of days ago. Check it out anywhere you get your pods. That's Jeff Saturday, one of the best centers of all time on the Body Works Plus guest hotline talking a little Carolina Panthers with us. Jeff, we really appreciate it, man. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, Jeff. That was awesome stuff from Jeff Saturday. Yep, Carolina alum also talking a little bit about Bryce Young, the comparisons with Peyton Manning. Don't forget, we will put that interview on our website if you want to hear it again or you miss part of it, WFNZ.com. Just click the Wesson Walker tab. Plenty more to go here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Wesson Walker Show on a Tuesday. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming. 704-570-9610. Hit those socials. Hit that follow button. Check out the behind-the-scenes content. Our question of the day. You get it all there on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. On the Wesson Walker page on Twitter. At Wes Bryant underscore 72. At Walker Mail and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that follow button. We appreciate all the followers that we do have now, and it is time to go to the campus. Kona, let's get right down to business. Want to start this thing off giving a shout-out. I know I've seen some of the texts that you guys have been sending, but also wanted to give some love to Western Carolina. They've won five straight games, eight consecutive victories against NCAA football championship subdivision opponents dating back to last season. West Carolina broke into Western Carolina broke into the top 10 in one poll on Monday while advancing inside the top 15 in the other national tabulation following Saturday's big win over number 20 slash 24 Chattanooga 
Western Carolina moved to number nine in the Stats Perform FCS Top 25 media poll, up two spots from the number 11 ranking that they had previously. And then they climbed from number 17 to number 14 in the AFCA coaches polling. West Carolina's current number nine ranking in the Stats Perform FCS media poll. Good Lord, I sound like a NASCAR driver giving a sponsor to his car. Represents his best national ranking since 1993 when the Catamounts beat or when they tipped the scales at a program division one best eighth in an early September ranking. So shout out to Western Carolina, man. They play some good football in uh, old color week. There you go. There you go, Rev Kev. Rev Kev is happy. He's been asking us to talk about Western Carolina for a little while. Yes, on a five game winning streak now. They have Furman, they have Mercer up next at Wofford. So we'll see if the Catamounts can keep it going. But really, that was just for Rev Kev and maybe even a little bit of smoke since he's a Western fan. Yeah, too. man, we try to show love to the local teams and they're doing work, man. And I do enjoy FCS football. So I want to see them go as far as they can go. So then when it gets really, really cold, I can be under a blanket when they're playing a playoff game in some place where it's like negative 10, and I get to watch guys just gut it out in the elements. That's what I love about those Division Three, Division Two, and those FCS playoff games, man. They play some cold weather, snow games, and I love games in the elements. Is playing in that kind of game harder than hitting a baseball? <laughs> Listen, man, I watched one game. I think it was a Division Two playoff game. They were playing in Minnesota in an open-air stadium. It was like legit. I'm not being hyperbolic. It was about negative 10 uh, during the game, and I just felt for those guys. Man. Wait, what, so Kevin Donnelly told me this one time, former uh-huh. Panthers offensive lineman. He said one thing that helps you out as an offensive lineman, especially when you try to do the tough guy, no sleeves thing. They put Vaseline Mm -hmm. all on their Mm -hmm. arms and stuff. And apparently that breaks the wind for you a little bit. That was a weird way to phrase it, but you get the idea. I don't care what you put on your body. Negative 10, you're going to be cold as hell. Everything hurts. You hit your finger on somebody's helmet. Not like a hillbilly, but a chillbilly. Very chillbilly. Yeah, somebody steps on your foot, all of that. It's Mm. excruciating. What's the coldest game you played in? Uh, yeah, I didn't play anything close to that. It might have been like in the 40s, maybe, uh, something like that. I, the, the later in the season that it got, the games would get colder. But I didn't play any anything colder than probably about 40-something. I like D2 kicker riding in. Kicking and punting is that hard in 12 oh, degrees yeah. as well. The ball's Shout like out. a brick. Yep, it, it's that's exactly what he wrote in. It's kicking. <laughs> it's like kicking a brick. You and D2 kicker on the same wavelength. And he also <laughs> wants us to give a shout-out to Lenore Ryan, undefeated as well. That's Crib. Go Lenore Ryan, baby. All right. Barnes is on the monitor. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, you have Perry Fuel, also hailing, I think, from Lenore Ryan. And last but not least, Kyle Duggar, safety for New England. Lenore Ryan, they got people out here, man. Okay. Shout out to the Bears. All right. Well, listen, in the latest edition of As the Colorado Buffaloes Turn, Travis Hunter has returned to practice during a video posted by Reach the People Media. Travis Hunter was seen in some highlights of Monday's practice, giving up a long touchdown to Amarion Miller, but then later he picked off a pass intended for Miller on another deep pass. So far this season, he's caught 16 passes for 213 yards. He's also got nine tackles and interception and two pass breakups on defense. So good to see one of college football's biggest stars hopefully returning uh, this week for their game. But Wanted to talk quickly about the victory that they had over Arizona State sophomore kicker Alejandre 
Alejandro Mata was named the Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week. He went two for two on field goals, including the game-winning 43-yarder with 12 seconds to play in Saturday's 27-24 win over Arizona State. He was also three for three on extra points and also one for one for getting his coach to ask him to dance. Dion told him to do his dance after he made that kick, and he did his dance. So they got another big win and that much closer to bowl eligibility in Boulder. They sure did. If you look at what they <laughs> – no, I guess my question is how much faith do you have in Colorado keeping that kind of momentum up? Uh, I definitely think that they will, man. I think that Shadorn, the crew, he threw for 239 and a touchdown. He orchestrated his third, fourth quarter comeback of the season. So, yeah, they're going to have some tough times against the teams that are ranked. We've seen that. They came back to battle back against USC, even though they came out on the losing side of that. But, yeah, I think they're locked to make a bowl game. And once they do make it, they're going to be plenty of bowl games clamoring for Colorado because of the ratings, the attention, everything that that's going to bring with Dion and company. So here we are talking about Colorado being a lock to make a bowl game. Should we expect North Carolina, Florida State to do something even further than just getting to a bowl game? If we look at the AP poll where they rank a couple of the ACC teams, what do you expect from some of these programs? Well, the thing is, too, when you look at CBS Sports, they put out their power poll for the week. And I know that the AP has Florida State at five, but CBS Sports' power poll had Florida State number two. Uh, and all of college football behind Georgia. And I think that's an interesting place for them to be because do you put them ahead of the likes of the Ohio States and the Michigans and things like that. And we talked about the ACC, and uh, it's definitely better this year. But when you look at FSU, I just feel weird about the fact that I'm still kind of sitting on the outside looking in at five. It'll be interesting once the college football playoff poll comes They're out. They're four now, right? Am I wrong on that? I'm looking at rankings, and, and at least the AP Top 25 has Florida State at four. Oklahoma at five at six and nine. Okay, well then my my uh, my apologies on that. I thought that they were still holding it down at five. Uh, the last that I looked, so they are sitting there at four, but still kind of in that tricky position. Obviously, they have to keep winning, and you know how they do ACC teams, especially when you talk about Big Ten SEC schools. When they have a little bit stronger strength of schedule, they'll kind of ice out an ACC team. But I think that Florida State is a team. That, uh, you know, now that they're sitting there at four, I think they're in a really good position. But they've got to keep winning out. And they've got some tough games down the stretch. Got Duke coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, a game that Riley Leonard could be back for. Yeah, the Riley Leonard, whether he comes back or not, storyline is big. And and even if he comes back, how effective is he going to be, especially with the rushing attack being such a big part of his game? That's what I'm interested in, Wes, because this is going to answer a lot of questions about him and if he can just sit in the pocket and pick you apart if his ankle doesn't allow him to escape on the outside, pick up those tough first first downs with his legs. We This was the crazy part. I think Riley Leonard, he was playing like one of the best quarterbacks in all the ACC, but we mentioned it a couple times. The stats weren't crazy. The, mm-hmm. the passing yards weren't there. It's because they were their rushing attack was really uh, rushing attack was really strong. And if he comes back, you have the game for Syracuse this weekend for Florida State, and then you have Duke there October 21st. Is that enough time for him to be fully healthy? And that's going to be a real question. Fitty, you got something to say on Riley? Uh, Mike Elko said yesterday he's day-to-day. Well, I know that. Yeah, but I'm not buying that. I think that's gamesmanship with NC State. I I, I think no way after two weeks off off a high ankle sprain he's going to be ready to come back. Coaches lie to the media? (laughs) because 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 the head coach in Charlotte hasn't learned that it's okay to lie to the media. 
We'll talk about that a little bit later. I feel like there's a little bit of hypocrisy from you over there, Fitty, but we'll get to it. My first day back when you called me a hypocrite? Yeah, I did. I did. I I do want to explore that. But no, you you are right. Mike Elko is telling you that Riley Leonard is game to game, day to day. Bryce Young missed a week with a high ankle sprain. A little bit different here, I would expect. I don't know if there's a reset. You want Riley Leonard back right now, even if he's 50%. So maybe the thing is Riley Leonard misses this game, but then is back and ready to go against Florida State. That'd be a big deal, but should be a fun matchup. And the interesting part of it, when you look at the strength of schedule rankings right now, Florida State currently sitting there at sixth. And so to have them number two in this power poll to think, do you think they're the second best team in college football? Because I don't. I'm not ready to put them there yet because these last few weeks have just been lackluster. When you look at the fact that Virginia Tech was able to cut the lead to five points, and yeah, I know Florida State ended up becoming Florida State late in that game, but they kind of played around with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had some chances uh, at points in that game. Boston College, they had to get through that game on the skin of their teeth. Uh, so this is a Florida State team where I feel like style points are going to be huge for them, only winning by seven at Clemson in overtime, granted, in Death Valley. But this is a team that I feel like is going to need the style points going down the stretch because we know how the perception is with the ACC. I still think Georgia is a team that is deserving of being a top two team. Yeah, a little bit of a scare, I guess, against South Carolina early on. A little bit of a scare. Well, they showed everybody what time yeah. it was on Saturday yeah. when they stomped the mud hole in Kentucky. That's what I'm saying. So you put up 51. You don't allow Kentucky to score any more than 13. I don't have any problem with Georgia being a top two team. And Michigan, I know it's not a crazy schedule for them, but they're stomping everybody right know, now. But they haven't played I, You're right. I'm so but, tired of that mess. No, I, I got you. I, I hear you. <laughs> you're not wrong. But also, what are you supposed to do with the opponents that you have in front? Sure. You're supposed to beat them 52 to 10. Yeah, because you're they're 39th to, in strength of schedule. I got you. But you're supposed to win 45 to 7. Sure. You're supposed to win 31 to 7. There has not been a team that has scored more than seven points yet. I mean, you can sometimes just even get lucky and fall into 10 points, but it's been a one-possession score for every single team they face so far. I'm still going to give them credit. You're right about the strength of schedule, but, man, when you dominate like that, I got to give you love as a top-two team. Well, also in this same power poll, when you go a little bit further down the list, they've got Louisville and North Carolina 11th and 12th in this power poll. So they are showing the ACC a lot of respect over there at CBS Sports. And so when you look at these two teams, if I asked you today to a man, which one of these two do you think is going to make it to Charlotte to play perhaps Florida State, which one would you go with today? I'm glad you're asking me this because I'm going to go with North Carolina. And the reason I go with North Carolina, I get a little nervous when everybody's first reason for a team reaching a milestone is their schedule. How about we just talk about how good of a team they are first? But that's not what I hear when everybody talks about Louisville. Everybody wants to mention, hey, look at their strength of schedule. It lines up very nicely for them. But we've discussed it as well. Look at North Carolina's schedule. You got Miami this weekend. They're ranked number 25. They're barely hanging on after the Mario Cristobal blunder, not kneeling that football against Georgia Tech. But, man, then you got Virginia, Georgia Tech, Campbell, Duke, Clemson, NC State. A little tough, tough three-game stretch to end. But when you look at Louisville, they still have Duke. I expect Riley Leonard to be back. If we're expecting Riley Leonard to be back for Florida State, then I expect him to be back October 28th when they go against it. There's Miami and Kentucky, the last two games of the season. If you're going to mention Louisville's schedule as a reason for them to reach Charlotte, I feel like you have to mention North Carolina's schedule as a reason for them to reach Charlotte. And if we're asking who has the more talented team, 
I got all the love for the Cardinals in the world. They beat Notre Dame. Monster victory, and they looked great. I'm going to go with Drake May, though. If, if I'm wrong on that, that's fine. I'll, I'll lose putting my chips on Drake May. I might do that. But that's what I'm going to put my chips on is the best QB in the ACC. You always do, so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, when you, you look always at, don't. <laughs> when you look at the strength of schedule, uh, Carolina sitting there right now, 21st, Louisville at 37th. If you look at just ACC games, I would have to go – I hate doing this, man, because I do – Carolina After did. What you just said Carolina, to me. No, I'm saying Carolina did make me come around with the way that their defense is playing, man. And Fiddy and I talked about this as well, and he was just saying he didn't know exactly how great Carolina is as of yet because of who they've played. And so you feel like at some point the bottom's going to fall out on Carolina, but they are starting to make me come around. But when you look at ACC games, Louisville, as you went through that schedule, though, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Virginia. And then Miami, who knows how Miami's going to be looking at the end of the year. I feel like that's a better slate of games than Carolina having to play Miami. Georgia Tech, we know that Carolina's going to be on that get-back mode against them. One and two Georgia under Matt Brown. Yeah, Georgia Tech's a feisty squad. Then you got that gauntlet of Duke, Clemson, and State to end the year. That's a much harder slate than Louisville. So, I would go I mean, with the Cardinals at this point. You also have Campbell for North and, Carolina. And, Louisville don't have a Campbell. And Louisville's proven it to me a little bit because, yeah, I know Sam's going to Sam, but they've got <laughs> the best win of the two teams to this point, beating a number 10-ranked no Notre Dame. No doubt. But, look, if, if you want to accuse me of always picking North Carolina and then you go and pick Louisville, like, it's, it's the same. And I got you. With North Carolina and Louisville, if you look at their schedule – to me, the hardest games left for Louisville, it's got to be Duke, Miami, and Kentucky. The hardest games left for North Carolina. But Kentucky doesn't affect them coming to Charlotte. No, and I get that. But that's the hardest as far as the opponents that they have. So if you even want to drop Kentucky, it's Duke and Miami. Those are the toughest games left. Uh-huh. If you look at North Carolina, they have Miami, they have Duke, and then they have the on-the-road game against Clemson. So one more game. State. Okay. I mean... NC State. Okay, well, State beat them the last two years. Oh, yeah, they did. If we want to go back to this. <laughs> I'm just saying the schedule for me, you have that three-game st- uh, slate with North Carolina playing Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Campbell. And here we are talking about a different North Carolina team, right? It's what allowed you to maybe hop on them sure. with a defense that doesn't look like they're playing like they were last year. It's just we always go to schedule for Louisville. Are we not going with talent? Like, that's the number one well, reason. Well, Louisville's really talented. I know, but nobody wants to mention that first. How can we always go to schedule? That's when I get well, a little Well, I worried. guess with me, I'm I'm assuming it. I'm assuming the sale as far as Louisville's talent. Louisville's super explosive. As I've mentioned before on this show, Thrash and Jawar Jordan and Plummer. And then defensively, they get after your keister. <laughs> Last thing, I know we got to go to break. Louisville is a, reminding me a little bit of Wake Forest in 2021 where you talk about them having a couple close games. They don't have the big victory like Louisville did against Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. But speaking of the bottom falling out, they would lose three of their last five in the regular season. Does that happen with Louisville at the end? That's my question. Because you do have Duke, Miami, Kentucky as three of the last five. I understand about the ACC going to Charlotte. Kentucky doesn't affect them, but that's still a ranked opponent that you're facing as well. I wonder if that happens if, just like Wake Forest, they lose three of their last five games that they play. All right. Well, we'll see. Debate away on that text line. This is a great debate. Louisville or Carolina right now. Who do you think will come to Charlotte out of those two today? And when we come back, we're going to get back or we're going to go to Willie P on the other side. 
Willie P should be Willie joining P us. Willie P will be joining us, a.k.a. Willie P style, that and more, on the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... I'm Will Pelagic. You heard it, folks. You know what that means when you hear that drop. I'm Willie P. Willie P is joining us. You can follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Willie P Style. Are you Willie P or are we about to talk to Willie P? We're about to talk to Willie P. You're Wessie B. On the Body Works Plus guest hotline here to talk about Charlotte FC, the Panthers, and whatever direction we go in. You know with Willie, it has the propensity to go a little bit off the rail. So joining us on the Body Works Plus guest line, without further ado, Willie P. What's up, baby? I take no rain. I, I, take, I take no blame for the off the rails portion. I think we all know whose uh, whose fault that is. Yeah, we do, man. We just try to, you know, we try to spread the blame a little bit around here. We don't want it all on us. It's true. Yeah, Fitty is the one that we can blame. We'll just go ahead and we'll, we'll just mention it. You know, like there's no reason that's, to beat around the bush. That's where that's where I was going with it. One hundred percent. All right, Willie P. So getting straight to it, man. The Charlotte Charlotte FC is in a position where they could potentially get into the show, but they got to take care of business. They've won the last couple of games, and what do you think about the way that they've been playing and the intensity? Is this something you wish you would have seen earlier in the year, or is it right on time? I mean, I could say both. Uh, I think they're playing their best soccer at the right time, but it is a scenario where, you know, when you did drop 23 points from winning positions, you would uh, rather think of yourself as a team that uh, should be solidly in the playoffs as opposed to one that's fighting to get in. But if you're in a scenario like Charlotte FC is, uh, there are a lot of teams that would want to trade their spot with them given uh, what Charlotte FC has left remaining. They play a team in Miami in the next two contests who really has nothing to play for. They'll be missing a lot of people, Will Miami, in that Wednesday contest because of players who are on international duty. And as a result, Charlotte FC still has control of their own destiny. So I feel like it's been uh, a nice brand of soccer that they've played. They've captured a little bit of that essence that they had during the League's Cup tournament. And I also feel like a lot of the law of averages is starting to play in. I feel like you know, there were a lot of chances that were created that did not either result in a shot on target or didn't get past the goalkeeper. And a lot of those chances are now being converted. Uh, those things are coming up roses right now for Charlotte FC, and it's been real, real awesome to see. So, Willie P., if they continue with the way that they've been playing over this stretch, what would you expect if they did get into the dance? Is this a team that would be kind of tabbed with that team nobody wants to play moniker? They very much would be. I think momentum we've seen has been a very big part of what separates teams in Major League Soccer. Uh, it's been a couple of years since the team that actually won the supporter shield actually won the whole thing. Momentum is a very big thing. Uh, and I think you're playing a team like FC Cincinnati at the right time if uh, Charlotte FC does get past the 8-9 contest. not to look too far ahead, but uh, they're a team that really hasn't necessarily had their full foot on the gas in a lot of games here recently. Unfortunately, they did take care of business against Charlotte, but in a matchup that was not too far removed from their last one, 
uh, Charlotte was able to draw them at home. So the, the part of uh, the playoffs that I think is very intriguing is that whoever gets past in that 8-9 game gets a three-game series in their opening round of the, uh, the full-fledged postseason. So that, I think, allows for the team that has the better momentum to really kind of take shape and, uh, and really put a different kind of spin on the MLS postseason. But like you said before, it's still going to take care of business, but uh, if Charlotte FC makes the dance, uh, they are going to be part of that uh, cliche, as you mentioned. Uh, no one's going to want to see them the way that they're playing. Steamboat Willie P. on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, the voice of Charlotte FC. Willie, can you tell us why they won back-to-back games? What's been so different the last two contests? Well, the first matchup, I mean, to be fair to both sides, Toronto's a team that's in disarray. They're last in the league for a reason. They're on their third different head coach, and as a result, they've uh, at least uh, been trying to at least put out there that they're trying to rebuild their squad. They were down a lot of players as well, including their top Italian international, Lorenzo Insigne. But I think part of it was they took care of business and they beat a team that they should have beaten. The Chicago matchup, I think, is a much more impressive feat even though Charlotte FC beat Chicago earlier this year at home, Chicago uh, have been playing much better of late. They did; they just got over basically a demolishing of Inter-Miami earlier in the week, and we're feeling pretty confident coming off of that particular performance. And Charlotte FC was able to really control the midfield. Uh, they're playing great defense, probably as good a defense as they've played throughout the entire season. They're limiting shot attempts on target, and uh, like I said before, uh, they are coming up with great scoring chances, and creating danger in the box. A lot of that, I think, has to do with the fact that you're seeing probably the best pairing that we've seen together of Enzo Capetti and Carol Spedersky. They've created three penalties in the box with all their runs into the box. Uh, Camille Josephiak created one of those as well. All three of the DPs are playing on the field together. They've only been on the field together eight times this season over the balance of, I think, their 39 total competitions. So, from that aspect, you really love what you're seeing from Charlotte there. Their best players playing well. That's gotten them to this stage right now. Uh, Willie, let's switch gears. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers. You host the post-game show after these outings. And I'm just asking, are you able to keep your sanity with all of the problems <laughs> that the Panthers are experiencing in an 0-5 start? I feel like we've, we've gone through all the stages. You know, I, I've, <laughs> I've been angry. I've been sad. And, and now I'm just kind of upset. Uh, when we see this team play, and it's hard to feel any kind of optimism going into week six, knowing the kind of offense that Miami brings to the table. And quite frankly, the uh, the lack of progress we've seen. You can say that Bryce Young has had an increase in his passing yards game by game, but I do feel like a lot of those stats later in the Detroit game were somewhat empty against the prevent defense, a team that was really not trying to show much uh, at the end of that contest to try to uh, at least exert themselves too much so i feel like that's a bit of a hard thing to say that is progress and quite frankly the the depth on this defense we talked about it during the preseason that it was always going to be tested if they ended up having players get hurt and i also feel like uh, the lack of a real threatening player from a skill position standpoint has left bryce young between that and the combination of the offensive line really searching for answers and really hasn't given him what i would consider a uh, a fair blueprint to start from it's been very very hard for him he's made a lot of his own mistakes i'm not solving him completely but i do feel like from carolina's perspective we thought that they had equipped him properly to have success immediately in the national football league and that particular theory has been somewhat disproved through the first five weeks of this season 
Um, Willie, we're trying to make sense of it as well. It's tough, obviously. And I have to imagine that plays a part in your reason for giving yourself a self-imposed Twitter ban for 12 hours. This is what Fiddy wrote. You know, this is the time where Fiddy gets us off the rails. I have to ask why you gave yourself a 12-hour Twitter ban and were you able to survive that ban? I, I didn't give myself a Twitter ban. I uh, I basically was banned by Elon. <laughs> Oh, is that right? I didn't know this. Fiddy, explain. At your own undoing, because what we learned on Sunday, Willie has a hard time reading. And so no. he he, got, he no. got himself banned because he misread a tweet by uh, Travis T-Bone Hancock. I, 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 I read the tweet, smart Alec. And what I saw <laughs> on the tweet was the person said, has Willie been sufficiently ripped? Or, or are you guys going to sufficiently whip, rip Willie for having a 12-win prediction? And T-Bone said, yes. And I said, if you rip me, you have to rip yourself. And apparently, according to Elon Musk, that's hate speech. No way. <laughs> I did not know this story. Wow. I did not hear about this. So you were only banned for 12 hours, though, and that was going to whip you up into shape? Apparently. Apparently, I should, I should learn my lesson. And my lesson is, don't tweet. Get off of Elon's platform and be done. Peace. E- I like that Elon Musk is out here protecting us from Willie P. <laughs> 12 hours at a time. He's worried about all the important issues. Willie P., yeah, if he steps I, up on I your... I was about to say, it's, it's, it's not like there are any other important <laughs> issues that are going on in the world right now. He's got to worry about me and a, and a Twitter spat about the 0-5 Carolina Panthers. <laughs> well, we're protected, though. We're protected. Thank you, Elon Musk. We really appreciate it. Well, Willie P. got that virtual slap on the wrist, man. That's crazy. <laughs> but, Willie P., we appreciate the time, as always, and we'll see you next week. See if I provide Tesla. <laughs> That's right. I'm I'm banning myself from your Tesla Corporation, Elon. <laughs> All right, that was Willie P joining us on the Body Works Plus Guest Outline. You can follow him on Twitter at Willie P Style. When we get back on the Wes and Walker show, it's time for the Live Wire Connect with Fitty and all of us. We'll be here too on yeah, Sports no, Radio 927 WFNZ.